Roadman, today I want to give you 10 actionable tips for group ride etiquette. Let's cue that intro. The big question is this. How do we use cycling as a tool to improve our health, our happiness, and our longevity? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Anthony Walsh, and welcome to the Roadman Podcast. Roadman, welcome back, Roadman. It's another Roadman Cycling Podcast. Thanks for joining me and giving me your most precious resource, your time. Today, I want to talk to you about group riding etiquette. And I had a podcast, I'm going to say it was near and on four months ago. Whoa, I'm a podcast veteran, am I? When I say four months ago now, it seems like. I'm Joe Rogan, 2,000 episodes deep, but we are up as far as episode 160-something at the moment, so yeah, I do feel a little bit of a veteran. So yeah, journeying all the way back to four months ago, I had a podcast, this is even before we went daily, and it was the death of the group ride, and I think it's one of our most popular episodes, it's definitely one that still gets shared around a lot, and I occasionally get Instagram comments still about that, but what I'd done on that podcast was, I kind of identified a problem without giving you guys a solution. So today I want to break it down and give 10 actionable group ride etiquette tips that you can put into action right away on your next group ride. Before I jump in there, I want to do two things. It's our little public service announcement section. Firstly, remind you about Patreon because obviously that's how we keep this whole podcast. It's how we keep the show on the road, how we keep the whole thing alive. And honestly, I need your support on Patreon now more than ever because I've an extra massive time commitment at the moment. I've committed to the first ever Roadman Virtual Cycling Summit. So for two days over the 8th and 9th of December, I'm going to give you guys access to 30 of the greatest minds in cycling. I'm going to tackle the question of performance from 30 different angles. So I'm going to talk to nutritionists, sports psychologists, bike fit experts, experts on tactics, climbing, sprinting, strength and conditioning, every single facet you can imagine on cycling. And the idea of this is to just give you every single bit of information you need to optimize your performance. The whole thing, it's going to be totally free, no charge, uh, but you do need to secure your free ticket. And I haven't figured out how many tickets. Um, for the moment, I'm only telling you guys on the podcast about it because I want all the podcast guys to get their tickets first before I, my software has a limit on how many people I can have on the event. I haven't figured out quite what that is. I'm hoping it's going to be upwards of 5,000 people. But I want to give you guys the early heads up. So to get that ticket, the link is in the bio. It's www.roadmansummit.com forward slash free. Put in your email address and that's going to secure your ticket. So what I'm trying to do is pick the brain of these 30 guys for their secrets on how they biohack their physiology, how they melt away body fat and stay so lean and how they smash their cycling goals. They're going to share with me their secrets and I want to share with you their secrets. So grab your free ticket there and that's going to be epic. But right now, that's not helping you if you're going out on a group ride and all you've heard was, well, Anthony's told me how the group ride is dead. Now I'm going on the group ride and I haven't a clue what to do. So I'm going to give you guys 10 tips, some rapid fire, some not so rapid fire. Number one, if you're on the front of the group, these are some of these are simple, like this one's real simple. Number one, if you're on the front of the group, signal a direction change. If you're coming up to a turn, 
put an arm out, say you're going right before you go right. Don't just turn right because if you're on the front, vision is obscured when you're behind. Tip number two. If you're on the front of the group, again, the first few are about being on the front of the group because so, mistakes here are so important because a mistake here has potential to take the whole group down. So we're going to focus quite a bit on the front. And the front, it's when we assume that leadership role. When we're at the back of the group, we're in follower mode. Front, leadership role. So when you get to the front and you're coming up, you're approaching a traffic light. If the traffic light just goes orange, don't sprint for the traffic light. You've got to think about you're driving an articulate truck that's 20, 30 riders deep. Are you going to get the back of the truck through? Is every single rider safely going to go get through this junction? There's no point in sprinting for it and the first two or three guys get through the junction and then the rest of the guys have this really sketchy decision to make. Do you keep plowing through the junction so you don't get dropped? Or do you press brakes and now the person behind you is anticipating that you sprint. They potentially sprint into the back of you. It's a complete disaster. And the same thing goes for if you're funneling down. This is still tip number two. So it's actually kind of a bonus tip. You like that? This could be 11 tips now. So the same thing goes for funneling down traffic. Or if you come to a red light, you need to act like a car and fall in behind the car. Don't start funneling through gaps down the left-hand side and right-hand side because all the riders aren't going to fit through and it's, the light's going to go green and it's just going to end up in a complete mess. You're an articulated truck. Get that into your head when you're on the front of the group. I'm an articulated truck. Tip number three, when you're on the front of the group, you've got to ride hard enough. You've got to be riding at least zone three when you're on the front of the group. You've got to maintain and keep the pace of the group. If you're not as strong as some guys, do a shorter turn, not a slower turn. If you're stronger than other guys, do a longer turn, not a faster turn. So the problem is if you're not riding hard enough when you're on the front of the group, the guys in behind you are, are literally freewheeling. Like if you come to the front of the group and you're riding at 100 watts on the front of the group, guys behind you in the draft literally need to put no power on the pedals. They're 20, 30 watts. So you need to be at least zone three on the front, I would say, but really, what the main metric is speed here. So if the group is a group that's traveling at 35, 36 k an hour, you need to maintain the 36 k an hour when you get to the front. If you're not strong enough to do it for very long, you swing off. Easy. Next one, again, it's something that I think is practiced. On the front of the group, definitely, but really anywhere in the group. No matter how good of a bike handler you are, don't take your hands off the bars in the group. This, If you're out training on your own and you take your hands off the bars because you want to get something out of your pocket, you want to put a raincoat on, that's fine. You bring yourself down. No one really cares about you. <laughs> Maybe your parents care about you, but nobody cares about you. If you're in the group and you bring someone down you're bringing, or, and you crash, you're bringing the whole group with you. So it's respect for guys around you. So it's like the same if, you know, the helmet debate is not one I want to open up now. But if you want to go out training without a helmet on and you crash, that's a personal choice. It's like I'm not going to lecture somebody that smokes and go, that's very irresponsible. They know it's very irresponsible. But if you smoke in a car with children, that goes from irresponsible to hurting somebody else. Going out on a group ride without a helmet, that's hurting somebody else because somebody else is potentially going to have to look after you. The same with no hands on the bars. If you crash, you're bringing other guys down. So move to the side if you want to put a rain jacket on. Get out of the group briefly. Take your hands off the bars, stick your rain jacket on, and then slot back in. Or else, better yet, do it when you're at the back of the group. 
Next tip, signal when you're standing. It's as easy as putting your hand behind your back and a little wave towards the sky to show people you're about to stand. This just means the rider behind you, he's not gonna ride straight into the back of you. So this typically works well when you're riding into the base of a hill. We all like to shift gear and get out of the saddle coming into the base of the hill. Just give those behind you a little heads up I'm about to stand and don't stand when the pedals are at the 6 and 12 angle because you're gonna extra push the bike back so stand when the pedals are have torque on them at your 3 o'clock and 9 o'clock positions holes is a contentious one and I ripped into this in our debt of the group ride one the group works well when it's calm when it's silent when it's not panicky so point holes out by just having your hand on the bar flicking your hand to the side to shoulders a hole and move around it no wild swerves no crazy screams of hole left right center just a little hand movement to indicate there's an obstruction on the right hand side that can pass back the chain rider two back to row three back to row four each row if it's appropriate just indicate to the next row behind that there's an obstacle on the road tip number seven we're up to snot rockets or spit rockets Look, everyone's super sensitive about this now we're in the whole COVID era. It's always been a problem, but now be extra cautious of it. If you do need to spit, if you do need to snot, everyone needs to do it on a group ride occasionally. It's easy. Just move out to the side a little bit. Get your snot rocket. Lift off. Deployment. It's gone. Out of there. And then slip back into the group. You're not snot rocking someone or we call it friendly fire or collateral damage. Uh, number eight i could talk about this one for the rest of the month it's half wheeling just don't do it i might even do a full episode on half wheeling someday half wheeling is a massive sign of your insecurity as a bike rider your insecurity as a strength or your insecurity in your own strength it's not a show that you're stronger it's a show that you're weaker it's a show that you don't know you don't embrace or know about the traditions that we hold there in cycling it's very fucking annoying if somebody's beside you under half wheel and you all day get beside them line your bars up with their bars if their pace is going to increase it's a mutual increasing of pace it's not one rider nudging a foot in front of the other guy only for the other rider to catch up and you nudge a foot in front of them again which 2k down the road results in the speed of the group going from 30k an hour to like 45k an hour and then all that happens in this pissing contest is the strongest rider on the front with everyone else lined out and it's not really a group ride it's a shit show number nine and i love this one and i don't see enough people doing this if you're riding a climb we all have different strengths we all have different abilities my zone three could be someone else's zone five someone else's zone three could be my zone five we're all very different abilities we've different power we've different weight on the flat with drafting it's not such a problem but when we get to the climb different abilities are really exposed so right to the top of the climb at your own tempo at your own pace and if you're the fastest guy when you get to the top Maybe stop for a second, put your rain jacket on for the descent or your gilet, but double back down the way you came up until you get to the slowest rider and then fall into line behind the slowest rider. Don't half wheel them. See point seven or point eight half wheeling. Don't half wheel them and put pressure on them. Don't even talk to them. Just let them suffer in peace up to the top of the climb at their pace behind them. And then when we get to the top of the climb, we're all together because each rider that goes up doubles back to the slowest next guy goes up doubles back to the slowest we're going to have a full group behind the slowest rider on the climb and then we can all go over the top together and finally number 10 
This is similar actually to number nine, but if a rider has a puncture, a mechanical, the whole group doesn't need to stop. 20 guys don't need to stop with like three of them trying to change a tire and then 17 guys looking on, putting pressure on it, going, oh, I actually do it this way, I do it this way. Right, no one cares about all that. The guy who punctures, somebody, a group rider, group leader, anyone, check in with them. Do you have levers? Do you have a tire? Do you have tube? Do you have a pump or CO2? Do you know what you're doing? If the answer is yes, the whole group continues down the road for three kilometers, four kilometers, and then turn around, double back to him. And then hopefully at that stage, he has it fixed and we can all go on our merry way. The overarching thing you need to remember with the group ride is, the group ride is this environment where strong, we protect the weak. We all came up through this system. We all started at the very, very bottom and somebody looked after us. Somebody used these rules. They indoctrinated us into the system. And so that's your job now. It's strong to protect the weak. And that's not just the strongest protecting the weakest, as you often see. It's there's always you're always with a changing role within the group. If you're not the weakest, you're the second weakest, so you protect the weakest. So it could be things like pushing them on the way home, pushing them up a climb, offering them food, giving them shelter, offering assistance with mechanical stuff, or if they forget their money in the coffee shop, it's buying them a coffee, buying them food. We were all beginners once. So please embrace that beginner's mindset. Help your fellow group ride friends and do take these 10 group ride etiquette. Like they're like the they're like the Ten Commandments. You need to be doing this stuff on a group ride or it's going to turn to shit. Take these Ten Group Ride Commandments. Share them. Share this podcast far and wide. Share it with your group that you ride with. Share it with your local cycling club. And make sure each and every one of these things has been practiced every single week in every single group ride. Because these are not optional things that would be nice to have. These are absolutely essential things if a group is to blossom, if it's to flourish, and if it's to thrive. Roadman, thanks for listening. And you know what? I'll be back again tomorrow. Roadman, before you go, I've got an important announcement to make because over two days and the 8th and 9th of December, I'm going to speak with 30 of the world's leading fitness experts. And I want you to join me free of charge from the comfort of your own home. This is the first ever Roadman Virtual Performance Summit where I'm aiming to bring together the best minds in fitness and they're going to share with me their secrets for biohacking your physiology, melting away body fat and smashing your cycling goals. Would you like to learn their secrets? It's easy. All you have to do is register for your free ticket over at www.roadmansummit.com forward slash free. That's www.roadmansummit.com dot com forward slash free the link is in the bio